to stop acting like we are defeated folks. God has called us. He has called us into this battle. And we will win. We will win. I want to praise God for the victory already. And so as we come today, as we open the word of God, I won't keep you long. I want you to remind want to remind you of this battle that we are in right now. And to know that we are not alone. The scripture tells us, and I want you to turn your Bibles with me there. We're going to be using your Bible a lot today. If you don't see it on the screen, please, I want to hear the pages. And so I'm just going to be rolling them out. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 1 to 7. 2 Timothy 2, verse 1 to 7. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. There is a counsel that is given, written by the Apostle Paul. And it is, it is telling us that there is, there, there is a, a great counsel that he is calling us into. And I'm not sure if my mic is working here, but I'll just use what I have here. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. It says, you then, my child, verse 1, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrusted to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Verse 3. Share in suffering as a good soldier. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him in the first place. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is a hard-working farmer. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. I've entitled this message, A Good Soldier. A good soldier, Father in heaven, we come at this time, at this time that is designed in this church for your words to be heard. I pray, Father, that you will please hide me behind Calvary's cross, untwist my tongue, that the words will be understood. I pray, Father, that you will send your Holy Spirit and that he will be the interpreter, and that he will empower us according to your will. We pray, Father, that you will move upon this congregation and convict us of your words. Kill pride. Receive all the glory, Father. And bless your people once again, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A good soldier. When we consider a soldier and what a soldier is called to do. A soldier is one that is brought in to fight in a battle. And each soldier has a special mission. Each soldier has a special detail, has a special mission. Each soldier has a special mission. And Every soldier has to have certain things in order for a soldier to uh, accomplish his mission. And when we see the, the mission of the soldier, it is, it is very important for a soldier to have certain uh, these certain attributes in order for the soldier to accomplish the, the will of the one who enlists him. You see, the one who enlists him has to be someone who is of experience. Someone who has, who has an idea of the battle and what is being fought over. 
uh, someone that understands fundamentally the, the terrain, uh, the, the conditions. Uh, this soldier has to have that experience. And, and as this, the one who enlists uh, the, the soldiers in, he places each soldier in a certain position to accomplish a certain task. I hope you understand where I'm going right now. Uh, you, you see that a, a good soldier is someone who is in touch with his commander. A good soldier is someone who understands the voice of his commander, who understands the commands of his commander, who understands the heart of his commander. You see, if, 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 if you don't understand the voice, if you do not understand the commands, if you do not understand the mission, you may place the whole battle in jeopardy. And so a good soldier must have certain attributes in order to accomplish the task. It is very clear to me in this modern age that as a people, we have lost sight of the battle. In fact, we have lost sight of who is the enemy. And some of us are being defeated just like that because we cannot see the enemy. We don't know who is for us or who is against us. And so it's very important for us to be tapped in and understand who the enemy is. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 6. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 6. And it puts it in a very interesting way as we look at it in the, in the book of Romans. It tells us, therefore, verse 1, verse 1 of Romans chapter 5, therefore be justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. I want you to understand clearly that Christ is our commander. And we got to understand the sacrifice that our commander has made for us to save this platoon here on earth. We got to understand what he did on the cross. That in due time, there was a set time because he loved us so much, he died for us. He was crucified on the cross for us. And the cross is a mystery. We cannot understand it. But all that we know that at that point, something happened that brought salvation to each and every one of us. And if we should accept it, if we should just accept it, we will be amazed to see what it is to live the sanctified life, what it is to be justified, what it is one day to be glorified in Christ. And so what we understand here, the battle here, as it tells us, there are certain characteristics a soldier must have. A soldier must have faith. A soldier must have faith in the commander. The commander gives him a command. We may not understand it fully, but we must run in the direction the commander tells us to do. If the commander tells us to jump, if the commander tells us to duck down, we gotta do that. If the commander tells us to spin around, we gotta do that. If the commander tells us to jump into the trenches quickly, we gotta do that. Whatever the commander tells us to do, we must do. 
The reason why so many of us are defeated is because we're not tuned in. We're tuned out. We're distracted. Can you imagine that you're on the battlefield and you are distracted? You cannot hear what the commander is saying? That is a sure defeat. And so many times, because of living faithful, faithless lives, we lose the battle. We don't believe in what the commander is saying, and, and we, we're not keyed in, and as a result of it, doom sets in. And so what we got to understand is that that faith, it needs to be there. We need to have faith, direct faith in what he says. We are justified by that faith, the faith of the commander. And it tells us that we have peace. Because of that, we don't have to worry. We have peace with God. And so have you received some people going through some trials and tribulation, whether death and sickness, and they have peace? They're at peace. I remember Dr. English, a mentor of mine a few years ago. We lived not too far from each other, and he taught me a lot in life. And I remember he called me and he says, you know, O'Neill, I need to go to the hospital. And then I went over to his house and I realized that this man, this man of God, was going through pain and agony. And, and I gave him his last ride to the hospital. And I remember driving to the hospital and he was going through pain and suffering. And this man was just giving, he was just echoing, re-echoing, reciting the word of God. This man had peace. He was a decorated warrior on the battlefield, but he had peace. He knew that he was going to the hospital. He knew that he was seeing his last days, but he had peace with God. He knew who God was. I was just reading this morning a message that was sent out by Ruthie Jacobson, our prayer coordinator for the North American Division. A man of God died. Uh, yesterday. In fact, he was a man that really helped me out when he came to Montreal, and I consider him a mentor. Uh, Ron Halverson Sr. passed away yesterday. And, and as I was reading this, the, the, the note, it said that this man, he just, he was in prayer until his last breath. The man was praying and praying for God's people, praying for the battlefield. We have these individuals, these generals, they are praying and they know exactly what it is to pray and to be in touch with the commander. And so it is such a joy to know that even when we go through adversity, we could be at peace because we know who our Redeemer is. We know in whom we could lay our head. We know in whom we could trust. And that is in Jesus Christ. And then as Paul goes on, he says, by whom we have access through faith in the grace wherein we stand. It says rejoice in hope. Rejoice in hope. And there is a, a cyclical thing going in on here because you see that it starts in hope and it ends in hope. It says rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And then it tells us that we should glory in tribulation. For tribulation work is patience and patience experience. And then experience hope, it comes right back to hope. There is something about this hope. And I had to look up that definition of hope. And as I see, saw the definition of hope, it says to trust in, to wait for, to look for, to desire something or someone or to expect something beneficial for the future. That is the hope that we have. We may not be able to see it, but we hope for it. We may not be able to have it right now, but we know there is hope. We have hope. And that is the power of God. And so the hope that we have as a soldier, a soldier must have these characteristics, a good soldier. We must have that hope. And we know, must know that even when we go through tribulations, we need to say glory to God and high. 
Can you imagine? Whatever you're going through, you know that God is with you. You know that God, he is not too far away. Glory in God. Praise the Lord. We heard Elder Brown's testimony, and I believe God is doing something in the Brown family. Glory and glory to God. Praise the Lord. Whatever it is, whether sickness, whether death, whether whatever may come at you, glory. Learn to glory in your tribulation. Praising the Lord in season and out of season. A good soldier stands. He always stands. A good soldier is never defeated because he knows that his commander is watching. He knows that his commander has been through it, and because he has been through it, he will not give you too much more than you can bear. And so that's the idea of that. And so because of this tribulation, the glory in tribulation, and knowing that tribulation gives us patience. Patience. I was reading an illustration the other day, and and maybe some of you may um, tap into this phrase. Have you ever heard of the, the phrase, the watch pot never boils? You ever heard that? Your grandmothers told you that? The watch pot never boils, right? When you think of this, this is referred to, is a re reference to impatience, right? There was a time when homemakers boiled water on stove. Right now we microwave them, right? We nuke it, we kill all the nutrients, right? Well, just think back when you used to watch water boil, right? Uh, boiling water was necessary for items such as the 15-minute grits. You guys don't know anything about that, right? <laughs> or maybe you may say the 15-minute oatmeal. Now I relate to that, right? Right? So boiling water, you've got to boil the water, right? And and you're, you're watching and waiting. Now, hungry children, and you notice it says hungry children. Hungry children watch the water in the pot in anticipating to see the small bubbles, right, that indicate that the water was hot enough for the grits or the oatmeal to be deposited, right? And so these children impatiently watch the water uh, to boil so that the grits could begin its slow cook. That's when a wise grandparent would use the term, the watch pot never, come on, the watch pot never boils, right? And so we were told, even as children, that we should go and do something else. Go and do something else and leave the pot alone. Don't watch the pot, right? We have to be patient. And then soon after, you notice that you know grandparents will come and you will have that nice delicious porridge or grits put board, put before you uh, without you ever knowing. But if you're watching it, it seems like it takes a long time. I want you to understand a good soldier, a good soldier is patient. He's listening to the command of his commander. He's listening to the commander to say, go, get up, run. A good soldier is patient. He knows. And he knows he has gone through tribulation to tell him, tell him this. And so when we understand that, you go through a cycle of that, it tells us that patience gives us experience. It gives us the experience. It's always interesting when you see an experienced person praying. An experienced person dealing with the issues of life. It is as if it is like clockwork. They know what to do. When you have someone of experience, when you have someone of inexperience, they tend to panic. They tend to run away. A child comes and you run away. You're, you're fearful, right? But someone have, of experience who have gone through the issues of life, somehow it gives them this, this calmness. They know that exactly, just wait a minute, wait a minute, you'll see, right? When you have that experience with God, when you have that experience with your commander, it gives you that confidence. 
to face the challenges of life. And so this is what we're seeing that Paul is breaking down for us in the book of Romans chapter 5. That patience, it gives us that experience. And then the experience brings us back to hope. That hope, we're hoping for something in the future. We're hoping for the battle to be over. We're hoping for heaven's land. This is the hope. But I want you to understand with me, as I break this down, and I want you, if you're taking notes, it's very important to take these notes or take this, the points. There are certain things, other characteristics a good soldier must have. A good soldier must know the time. The time that we're living in. A good soldier must know time. If you will succeed in anything, you have to know time. I've known many people looking for jobs over and over and over, and they're constantly late for interviews. Guess what? That's the problem. Right? You have no cognition of time. Right? I've pastored churches. And I've heard this church practically in every church that I've been to, right? And I would say the, the churches of the darker complexion. I've pastored the Ghanaian churches, and they would say, oh, don't worry, pastor, it's Ghanaian standard time. <laughs> what is Ghanaian standard time? It, it happens when the people come. I've, I've pastored Jamaican churches, and I've heard Jamaican standard time. You know, Jamaicans will say, later, man, later, later. What, what, what time is later? You know, I've had weddings. I've had weddings that four hours late. Four hours late. And I'm wondering, is, did, did I miss something? No, no, don't worry. It's the Nigerian way. I'm like, what do you mean? Right? But I've, 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 I've wondered and I'm saying, well, American churches are different. For sure, you know, America America is, you know, time-oriented, right? <laughs> and I've never heard that phrase, but I think we're going to have to coin it, American Standard Time, right? It's, it's strange about it, how late we are. Can you imagine that we have set a time to come and worship the king of the universe. We, the man, the one who created heaven and earth, the one who spoke everything into existence. And we wake up late. We are curling our hair in the morning instead of curling it in the night. We're ironing her clothes, our clothes, and getting it all together. None of us are guilty of that anymore, right? And, and so we're doing all of these things, and we're meeting the king of the universe, and we're saying, man, that king could wait. You know, he could wait on me. And when I get there, I get there. How many of us have that attitude? You would not be a raise your hand. Okay, okay. We have some honest ones here, right? But I'm telling you, a good soldier knows the time that you're living in. You don't waste time. You're waiting on the commander. You are waiting for the commander to tell you what to do. So you got to be there. If the commander tells you you need to be there at 300 hours, uh, about 15 hours, that's, you got to be there. You got to be on time. And so it is very important. The Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 tells us to everything there is a season and there is a purpose under heaven. There is a time and a season for everything. And folks, we got to be keyed in. Many of us, we are robbed from a blessing because we are late. Can you imagine God is packaging a blessing for you and he's sending the blessing your way, right? And you come strolling like half an hour late. You lose your blessing. Many of us are in the place where we are because of this time. A good soldier knows discipline. Discipline. We gotta understand that the battle that we are in, in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. 
put on the whole armor of God, that he may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers, against uh, dark uh, darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore take upon you the whole armor of God, the whole armor of God, that he may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, you do it all to stand. Put on the whole armor of God. There is a discipline that it takes. The armor of God. Putting on the armor, pray. Putting on the armor, study. Putting on the armor, witnessing. I'm talking about really having the discipline as a soldier. The Lord has called each and every one of us into this battle for that reason. A good soldier knows opportunity. And when opportunity, they say opportunity knocks what? Twice? Once. Opportunity comes in right now. And some of you are missing your opportunity. Some of us are so blinded we can't even understand what opportunity is. Right? Some of us are still, still single because we let these opportunities go away. You know opportunity comes in that way too? Do you know that? You know? Those are opportunities. God sends these opportunities. He's placed a young man in this church or a young woman. And you're missing that opportunity. Right? Because instead of being a good soldier, you're being a bad soldier. <laughs> Let's be real about it. We have messed up our lives in all different ways that even when the one to whom God designed for you to be with, to spend eternity with, when that person comes in, you are so messed up, you don't know, you don't know what God is doing. And that's the truth. And I'm saying opportunities come in different ways, whether your job, whether your spouse, whether your education, it is here. Seize it. Seize it while there is time. Allow God to consciously point you in the right direction. But the problem is, is that we are so messed up that we tend to not see what God has provided. And sometimes we even curse the opportunity. Instead of having that good old church boy or that good old wholesome church girl, you go and pick up a straw. You know what a straw is, right? You pick up some old straw and you're trying to turn it into something, right? Some bad boy, right? That is beating you up that is cursing you, that you know that you can't have your children around because of all the F-bombs and all of these things. I'm talking, and you ignore what God has given you, you ignore the good opportunity. I'm talking about what good soldiers should do. Folks, it's very important for us to understand. I know that some of us, we want to have the bad boys of Hollywood, you know, or the bad girls and all of these, these you know. We, we want to have that tattooed, infested person. And I'm not saying, to, you know, that, you know, the tattoos, you can't get them off, right? But if, if it has not been baptized, you know, watch out. You know, so I'm just talking, really. And so we have these opportunities. Soldiers, you've got to know it. Uh, a soldier is not lazy. A soldier is not lazy. The book of Proverbs, chapter 19, verse 15, it tells us slothfulness cast us into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. Some people are hungry. You're hungry because of disobedience. And God has called you into this moment. He wants you to be up here. He wants you to be rich. He wants you to be wealthy. But you have played around with it. As I wrap this up, a good soldier is a good steward. 
is a good steward, knows how to give, return back to God what is rightfully his, the tithe and the offering. Let a man so account for us as ministers of Christ, as stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Stewards, good stewards. A good soldier must be good steward. A good soldier must pray. Amen. Nowadays, when we think of a soldier, we think of a soldier walking around with these F-words in his mouth and chewing tobacco and all of these things or a cigar in the side of him. But I'm talking about a good soldier. A good soldier must pray. Amen? You know, we got to understand what we have, right? We, why should the sons and daughters of God be reluctant to pray when prayer is the key in the hand of faith to unlock heaven's storehouse. When various treasures are boundless resources of omnipotence, what we gotta understand is that God has given us these resources to help us. A good soldier must be ready. A good soldier must be ready. In First Peter chapter. 1 verse 3, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 rather, it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to everyone that asketh your reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. We gotta be ready. We gotta be ready. So many times I have people call me up and say, Pastor, I, I, I have somebody here. Do you remember that text? Can you tell me this? Can you tell me? A good soldier must be ready. We have to be ready. <laughs> A good soldier, finally, must watch his words. As I come to the conclusion, your words tells you who you are. Your words tell you who you serve. But I say unto you, Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account, therefore, in the day of judgment, every idle word, for by thy word thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. It's very important, people, for us to understand that God is calling us into holiness. He's calling us to walk that holy walk. He's calling us not to marvel and, 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 and to celebrate what we were. I've heard testimonies and we ministers were guilty of these testimonies. I used to do that. When I was in the world, man, I used to walk around with how many guns around my waist. I used to have these honeys and this and this and that. We talk about these and we glory in this as if we're craving it. We gotta check ourselves. We're living in the light of God, and God is looking at us, and he's looking for righteousness. He's looking for people to represent him. He's looking for people to vindicate his character. When he died on the cross, he died for a purpose. He died for you and me, for us to live a life of difference. So why should we celebrate what the world is doing? Why do we glory in all of these things? Why do we live defeated lives? God is calling us into holiness. He's calling us into righteousness. You know, just this week I had such a busy week. But God was doing something and I didn't know what he was doing. I had to go to some meetings in a place that I don't even know in California. And I went to those meetings and 
I had these hours from Tuesday morning. I went to these meetings all day, catch a flight, and went to my sister's wedding in Bahamas. And some of you go, Bahamas? Landed in Bahamas. And on Thursday morning, I flew all night, got there Thursday mornings, in the in Thursday morning in the Bahamas. And as I, I was there, I was, got myself into this, into this, I don't know, I can't even call it a hotel. <laughs> You know, I just asked for something close to the venue, and I stayed in something that was, they were, they called it a hotel, but you know, you know, I had to be like those ninjas sleeping on two wires, you know, and my bags elevated and all of that, anyways, but um, that was my, I, I had to be cheap, I didn't have money, you know, so I had to. So I went there and, I mean, up all night, all day, all night, and all day because the wedding was in the evening, five o'clock, preparing for the wedding. Went, did the wedding, and finished up Friday morning. Now I'm getting myself ready, and I'm coming back home not knowing if I could make it back home because my visa has expired. Now as a Canadian, I could come and visit and so forth, but once you have a visa and your passport, you're, you know, so the immigration guy would say, well, I don't know if they'll let you back into the country. You might have to go back in Canada and lay low for a while until the visa is approved. And so I wasn't sure if I was going to show up this morning. And I had all of this on my mind and, and so forth. And and so I asked um, Michelle Ward at the conference, just, just fax the visa, just scan it and send it to me, because usually they want originals. They don't deal with, you know, stuff. And I landed there, praise God, on Thursday, and so I got this scan, brought it, and I said that my visa expired. I didn't want them to ask me. I told them. My visa expired, and um, I, I'm not at the office there, so I asked them to send it to me, and here's a copy. And the lady just started doing her thing, and all of she didn't ask a question. I wanted to cry hallelujah. I wanted to do one of those Charlie Chaplin things, right? But as you know, I have no rhythm. I can't dance. I can't do anything like that. Right? So I just marched through and took the plane. And while I was on the plane, the Lord told me something. We got to change how we do church. Too many of us come to church and we come to be entertained. If the music wasn't this way, would you come to church? If we didn't have a praise team singing, if we didn't have our drummer, if we didn't have our organists, our pianists, if we didn't have this stuff, would we come to church? And I realized that as a people, we want to bring Hollywood into the church. And the devil has pulled something over our eyes. And we think what we're doing is worship. I love the praise songs, and you guys were pretty good. I love it. I love to sing it. But that's not just... If that was missing, would I come to church? I love to hear good preaching, but if the preaching was not that, would I come to church? I'm talking about church. I'm talking about God. You recognizing what Christ did on the cross. I'm talking about church. I'm talking about do you have a relationship with God? I'm talking about that. That if all of these nice soft pews and carpeted if this was no more and you were and you were just on the dust would you come to church i 
And some of us, we define this as church, the aesthetics, the building. That's church. The Lord is speaking to me while I'm how many miles in the air coming over. And I'm thinking, we gotta change things up. People, we gotta understand the true God of heaven and earth. You gotta understand what Christ did on the cross. You gotta understand his agony. You gotta understand what the commander, his commands, you gotta understand what he is doing even right now. You gotta understand his intercession. You gotta understand his righteousness. You must understand that. Because if you don't, your blood is gonna be on my hand because I didn't teach you Now I could argue for praise teams, I could argue for drums, and I have no problem with any of these things. I have none. I could argue for who is to be ordained or not until I'm blue. But I'll be burning in the pit of hell if I don't lead you right. And I'm talking about what a good soldier must do. God is calling us into righteousness. And I said, you know, this coming Monday morning, I'm going to be here at 5 o'clock. And I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be praying for the harvest. I'm going to be taking 10 days out. 10 days. From this Monday morning to the 27th of May, I'll be here every morning at 5 o'clock for one hour and pray for the harvest. I'm praying for our vision. And whoever wants to join me, whether leaders, whether members, whether visitors, if you want to join, join. Because I believe God is going to be doing something great. We got to change up the way we do things. We got to understand the God of heaven and earth. We got to understand who He is and what He's doing in our lives. We got to understand that there is a harvest out there. There are people that's gambling, that's prostituting, that's doing all kinds of different things out there. They're all about money, real estate deals, and all of these high rollers. We got to understand that salvation needs to come to their house. And if someone working in a hotel as a maid don't bring a certain message, someone could be lost. I'm talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that a good soldier must bring. And I'm realizing that we are missing the boat here in North America. We are so materially materialistically infested that somehow we, we lose sight of the heart matter, what it really means to be a Christian. And I believe God is calling us into something different. And I can't say I have all the answers. I don't. But as we go from Monday to next Wednesday and we're praying one thoughtful hour, we're going to be praying every day praying and seeking and looking at Jesus' method, and we're going to be analyzing and see why was Jesus so successful? Why and how did he prepare his disciples? We're going to be looking at all of this at the 27th. We're going to be culminating. Then we're going to be doing the prayer meeting in the night. Then on the 30th of May, we're coming to church. But we're not coming to church dressed like this. We're going to come to church to work. I want you to come in your sneakers, your best walking shoes. Don't come in your high heels that will trip you up and grab learning. I want you to come ready. Church, the church is going on in the road. We're going to be going to the nursing homes. We're going to go to the homeless. We're going to go to the street corners where the high rollers are rolling. We've been waving our signs, yes, to God be the glory. We've been meeting here and having a simple worship. 
a simple worship, and then we're going to be going on an hour and a half. The elders will be leading the charge. As leaders, we'll be leading the charge door-to-door distribution, praying for the people in the community. They need to know there is a group of people that loves them, that cares about them. Amen? And so church, we're going to change things up. We're going to change things up. We're going to poke the devil in his eye. In fact, we can't even do that. Christ is going to do that for us. And so church, it's my prayer that we're going to change things up and allow the Spirit of God to work through us today. Today I'm going to make a call to commitment. You've heard and seen the characteristics of a good soldier. If you want to be a good soldier of Christ, I want you to stand with me, please. I want you to stand. Father in heaven, as these people stand, we want to be good soldiers. We don't want to be just some ordinary Christians that just show up in the blip of time. We don't want to be just that, Lord. We want to be extraordinary because you have given us a purpose. You have given us, each and every one of us, a mission as soldiers, Lord, to fight this battle, to fight the battle of faith, Lord, knowing that we have our commander on our side, and he never loses a battle. He knows everything from his vantage point. He's able to see conceptually the battlefield, and he knows where the pieces must go. And I pray, Father, that each and every one of us that's standing now, that we will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to rest your hand and some beside you. As we lay our hands on each other, even now, Father, I pray that you will come and lay your hand upon us. I pray that your anointing will be upon us, Lord, and that you will help us to know that the battle, this battle, this battle that we're fighting, it is not ours, but the battle is the Lord. And Lord, we know that you don't like to lose, and you never lose. And so, Lord, step in now, possess us through the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Yeshua. Fill us, Lord. Guide us, Lord. And help us to know there is victory, victory ahead. Please, Lord, anoint us and lead us. Father, we thank you. We praise you. Lord, I cannot end this message without an appeal. There's someone that came to church, a visitor, or perhaps a member, but they need to rededicate their lives in baptism. And they need to give it all up and say, Lord, I can't do it anymore. I need you. And I want to have a special prayer with that person, these persons. Lord, they know who they are. Even now, as the congregation is standing. I pray, Father, that you will touch these persons, bring them to the frontier. We want to pray with them. We want to pray for God's anointing up on their lives. At this time, we just want to open up the door of the church. You know who you are. God is calling you. Praise the Lord. God is calling you. God is calling you. He's calling you wherever you are. The left pew, the middle pew, the right few God is calling you. He's calling you. Just beg excuse and come right through. God is calling you. A church member, you know that you need the anointing of God. You need the fresh anointing of God. And you want to come forward, come forward. Don't care who's looking or who's saying anything. Come forward. God is calling you. Praise God. He is calling you into his righteousness. Will you not come? God is calling you to make a recommitment for a renewal, a renewal of righteousness. Will you not come? God is calling you right now, right now. He's calling you. He's not calling you tomorrow. If God's here alive, he will. But now you have today. He's calling you. Will you not come to Christ? Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how young you are. God is calling you now. As he's calling you. Church, we're praying. We're praying. We're praying. 
This is indeed a battle. A battle. And the battle is for our souls, it is for our mind, it is for control. But we know the devil is defeated. Amen? And today, we are here as a testimony of that. God is calling you, visiting friends. Wherever you are from, God is calling you to full renewal. And we are about to pray with these individuals. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you, Father, for who you are. You are the great commander. You're the one that stepped out into nothing and you created everything. And Lord, I ask that you will please rain down your blessings upon these people, Lord. I pray, Father, that you will break the chain, Father. Break the chain that the devil had on them, the stronghold, Lord. Break it and that they will continue in their right mind, Father, even right now. I pray, Father, that you will move in a special way. That you'll surround them, Lord, with your majestic glory, Father, as you did for Job, do for them, Lord. Oh, we just want to give you thanks and praise, Lord. You are a mighty God. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, Father, we look forward to that time. Indeed, Lord, when the battle will be over, the war will be over, Armageddon will be finished. Every single one of the defeated foes that is linked with Satan will be gone. And Lord, we will live in bliss, serving you throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. God bless us. Anoint us, Father. We give you the glory, Father, already for that glorification day. Oh, Lord, we look forward to it. Bless your people once again. Continue to watch over us. Guide us. And fill us with your Holy Spirit. We pray these things in the magnificent name of Yeshua, our Savior, Jesus.